Blog Talk Radio. Yo, this is Deontay, the Bronze Bone Wilder, WBC heavyweight champion of the world, and I'm rocking with Bad Culture Radio, baby. Brought to you by Bad Culture Radio Network. I'm your host, Jandra LaBeouf, creator of BadCulture.net. Joining me on the desk, of course, is Ryan Bivens and Ismail Abdusalam of BeatsBoxingMayhem.com. So it's Tuesday, and opponent watches over, even though we knew the opponent. I, I was in denial. I refused to believe it. So Floyd comes out, and he posts an Instagram, or someone posted an Instagram on his uh, account, saying that his opponent is, in fact, Andre Berto. Real shoulder roll versus fake shoulder roll, set for September 12th. Also, we'll be recapping uh, last weekend's fight action in which Danny Garcia formally retired Paulie Malignaggi, although Sean Porter did it first. Golden Boy will now be taking its talents to Australia TV and whatever else comes up. More seating opened up for Mara, Santa Cruz, you know, whatever tickles our fancy. If you'd like to call in during the show, the call-in number is 718-508-9852. We would love to hear from you and talk to you about what's happening in the world of the sweet science. So with that, let me bring in the gents. I'll start with Ryan Bivens. Which Ryan Bivens we got today? Dark cloud, sunny cloud, but a cloud nonetheless. Um, How are you doing, Ryan? I'm upbeat, but I'm going to talk a lot of shit, so I don't know what cloud that is. Oh, then that's great. I I, I can do that. As long as you're not brooding and mad, I can do the shit talk. That's always a good thing. So thank you for the warning. For those of you who find trash talk a little offensive, just go ahead and listen anyway. It's okay. A little bit, you know, it'll help mature you. And also on the desk tonight, Ismail Dussalam, BeatsBoxingMayhem.com. What's going on, Ismail, in the city of Atlanta today? Uh Uh-oh, nothing must be going on in the city of Atlanta. Did we lose him? Let's see. Let's see if we can click him back in. It's probably too hot down there. Ismail? Hello? Oh, okay. We got you back. What's going What's going on, Ismail? I'm saying we're on fire down here. I mean, Mayweather Berto, this is what we wanted. Fight of the century, <laughs> too. Young lion versus rich lion. I mean, what more can you ask for? I know, right? Two brothers fighting on Mexican Independence Weekend. Woo! Nothing will sell a pay-per-view like that combination. I don't know. Are we going to rest the hopes on uh, of this pay-per-view on the shoulders of Orlando Salido? Is Mexico going to turn out for Orlando Salido? They're going to have to. Who else do they have on the roster that doesn't have a fight? Well, let's see. They, they might also turn out for uh, Johnny Gonzalez if he gets that fight with uh, Jose Petrosa. Oh, yeah. Johnny was talking about getting on there, but, you know, after the way he looked in his last fight. We won't, we, we, we won't be optimistic about that one. 
So, like I said, this is the, the Ruckus Podcast. If you'd like to call in, debate with us, agree with us, you know, send us tribute. We like all of that. The number is 718-508-9852. Let us kick off the show with, I will, you know, well, no, I'm not going to kick off the show with that. Maybe I'll talk about it later. Let's start with uh, Danny Garcia versus Pauli Malinaji. Let's just get it out of the way. For those of you listening to the show or you follow me on social media or you read BadCulture.net, and if you aren't currently, you should, you know how I felt about this fight. I thought it was a trash-ass fight. You know, there were a few detractors who were like, well, who is Danny supposed to fight? He's got to fight somebody. Let's see. How about the whole damn Heyman roster of 147-pound opponents that he has? But Polly got the nod and the call, and Polly's face paid the price for that call. Danny Garcia, decisive victory, still didn't look that spectacular. He just fought a very, very washed Pauli Malinaji. Fight went as we expected. The only thing that differed was the fact that the fight went longer than I expected. I didn't expect it to go nine rounds. I thought Pauli would have been out of there in five. But, you know, he hung in there in front of the Brooklyn, the Brooklyn crowd. So I'm, since Ryan is so upbeat and cheerful tonight, I'm going to give it to Ryan first. What did you think of this main event, Paulie Malinaji and Danny Garcia? Well, I mean, we all knew that Danny was going there and just wiping him out. So, I mean, he did what he was supposed to do. Um, yeah, the move up to 147, uh, he still got a lot to prove and everything. But, hey, man, the man's still undefeated. You know, he, he's uh, a world champion. Well, he used to be a world champion. I guess he, he vacated his title to 140 now. And, uh Hey, uh, I'll at least give Danny a chance to beat the top guys at 147, not name Mayweather. I give him a chance um, because he hasn't been looking great in his, his, his recent fights because those guys are boxers, guys that, you know, he has to track down. You put him in there with a puncher again because Danny can really hit, okay? So if you got Danny, and he, he prefers to be a counterpuncher. That's his natural style. So if you give him a guy that's going to come right to him, Yo, that's that's when he's gonna look his best. So I mean, don't don't count him out from you know people saying he's plateaued. Oh, he'll never be the same again. You know, Matisse, that was the best we've ever seen of him. That was a completely different type of fighter than you know uh, a, a Herrera, um, um, Lamont Peterson, um, and uh, Paulie Malnagi. So everybody has their weaknesses, and if Danny was in there with a really really good boxer that could you know throw punches and take punches very well, he'd be. In, that's a problem, like Mayweather. But uh, punchers, hey, Danny, I, I give Danny a shot against any puncher. Okay. Well, then I will lob it over to you, Ismael. Your thoughts on the fight, and will Danny suffer the broner? Because, you know, the last time we saw somebody in the ring with uh, Pauli Malinaji, their next time out, they were not as not as impressive except for say sean porter we have broner who was in with paulie then got molly Watt by maidana we've got now danny garcia in with paulie and we don't know what's next for danny garcia at 147 what did you think of the merits of the fight and how does danny measure up against the rest of the 147 pound division since he's now moved up officially well you know first of all there was a world of difference between the malinazi that broner fought and the malinazi that uh danny fought so big, big difference there. I don't think Danny looked as bad as people were saying. He just looked like, you know, a, a solid performance, nothing spectacular. It was his first fight at 147. Um, he just fought a measure pace. You know, he had somebody in front of him that could do nothing 
to him whatsoever. So even, you know, like his dad was telling him straighten your punches up, do this, do that. But it's like, you know, if you're not facing any consequences for what you're doing, you're still dominating whatever type of punches you were throwing, looping punches, they were still landing. You know, he had no incentive to change or really do anything differently. I mean, the most that Paulie did is he hit him with a few counter uppercuts, had no power on him, didn't do anything. So, you know, Danny just pretty much went through the motions. Now, as far as what he can do at 147, uh, as far as his next fight, it really depends on the matchmaking. You put him in there with someone like, uh, let's say, Robert Guerrero. I think he looks very spectacular in that type of matchup because he would just tee off on him. And I think he'd knock him out early based on what we saw with Guerrero in his last fight. You put him in with somebody else that comes forward but with a little bit more pressure and is a little bit bigger, like, let's say, a Sean Porter like they've been talking about, that's a little bit more intriguing because Porter is bigger. He's reckless, but he is bigger. And I'd be interested to see how Danny handles somebody like that trying to bully him that's actually, I would think, physically stronger. Because even though Peterson was moving on him in the first half of the fight, you know, in those last four to five rounds, he pretty much was coming at him in spots. And Danny couldn't really do anything with him. Now, that might be because of the stamina, because he had problems with the weight. We don't know. So there's still a lot of questions with Danny. So I'm kind of thinking, well, Ryan, you have to give him a shot just based on his pedigree and what he accomplished at uh, 140. It's really just will his power translate and will he be able to handle punches from guys a little bit bigger. He did all right with Peterson, but Peterson is not as big of a puncher as, say, someone like a Keith Thurman or a Kel Brook. So a lot of questions, but a lot of intriguing questions. So now with Danny in the official move to 147, how it'll be interesting to see how Al Heyman maneuvers his guys around to put them in position for title contention. Danny's next outing into the ring, does he fight for a title or does he take a couple stay busy fights against the Louis Cavazos of the, the Heyman stable? What do you think, Ryan? Well, I think it'll be for a world title because uh, Mayweather Berto is happening, and that means Berto is going to lose his interim title when he takes the fight. And, you know, WA, you know they got to have the interim title fights, so that'll be up for grabs, and uh, Danny can pick it up. What do you think? Do you agree, Ismael, or do you think they give him a, a few stay bu- or at least one stay busy before they throw him right into it? Oh, it's going to be a stay busy fight. It's just going to be for a world title. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so I was going to say. Oh, okay. You know how they do with Danny. So it's just really on him not to mess it up. You know, that's that's the only thing I'm worried about. Who do they match him up with to make sure that we don't have another Herrera debacle or even the Peterson debacle? That's the I'm thing. Thinking, so I'm thinking either Josecito Lopez or Robert Guerrero. No, I'm not Lopez. Leave that boy alone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Lopez, man, he's he back in the mix. Yo, he's he, he the most important journeyman, um, well, not journeyman, gatekeeper of this era. Dog, yo, you, you fight Josito Lopez and uh and, and win, you go in the big fights. If you lose, then the guy that you were supposed to fight in the big fight, he fights Josito Lopez. It's unbelievable. <laughs> That's a good point. Josito Lopez or who was the other option? Who was the I other guy for Ra- I said Raul Guerrero. That that also made sense to me. I could Guerrero see Robert Guerrero. That's sense. a more interesting. Robert did win his last fight, didn't he? Yeah, I was at that fight. Yeah, he I won. Think. He won. I don't know. It wasn't very memorable. But yeah, at he, any rate, so Danny is now well into 147-pound land, and here we are. Here we are. We will see. Time will tell what we are to do with him. 
in the uh, <laughs> in the co-feature event, we saw Daniel Jacobs. <laughs> That's funny. Teddy Atlas a little bit of trolling on Daniel J- Jacobs, saying he hasn't really fought anybody in five years and had an easy road to the title. I'm surprised you said it. Against uh, Sergio Mora, the Latin snake, who actually didn't look too terrible in the first round, but the fight oh. ended early after his knee, ankle, leg buckled up and folded underneath him in the second round off of a, a Jacob's punch, thus signaling the uh, end of the fight. A, Ryan, a you, you all kind of hype me tonight. Get into it. Go, Ryan. Go. A, a quote-unquote punch. Now, uh, a punch did land. You know, it kind of grazed him on the top of the head. But he was already falling at that point. That punch is not the reason he fell, okay? The dude tripped. And he tripped because Jacobs rushed at him and, you know, kind of, you know, knocked him off balance. And, look, if, if you get knocked down from a tackle and you break your ankle, that is not a knockout. That is a no contest. So Jacobs got a gift. But, you know, maybe we will want to fight anyways. I don't, I don't know. Ismail, your thoughts on the Sergio Mora leg origami fold-up? I agree. I mean, I already knew when he went down and he couldn't continue that there wasn't going to be a no contest. I mean, they were in Brooklyn, Jacob's hometown. He's going to get the favorable call no matter what. I was kind of uh, <laughs> amused by the way he was acting in the post-fight interview. He was like, oh, I was going to knock him out anyway. You know, he don't need a rematch. You know, it was going this way, that way, blah, blah, blah. But he really does need to fight somebody. I mean, he really needs to live up to the title. I know when Ryan brought it up a couple months ago, he got in his feelings and got upset about it, but it's the truth. You're not fighting Ryan anybody. Ryan the biggest, the biggest Danny Jacobs fan out there. Right. I mean, we all know he has talent, but, I mean, you should have that in you where you want it to be where I want to fight somebody legit for the title. You're talking about Peter Quillen. Hopefully they'll come off. That's a decent fight. But even still, you're on an island. I mean, because we all recognize Golovkin is the man in the division. As far as what we know with PBC, this is apparently what they've been saying, you know, that Heyman gives you a list of guys you can potentially fight, and he lets you choose who you want to fight. If that well, is what, true. What's that? Speaking, um, speaking of that list, when I asked uh, Danny Garcia at his media day, how many fighters are on the list, you know, for that uh, October 1st day? He said, just Malinaji. I said, really? He said, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that that killed my point. I was gonna say, you know, if you got a list of guys, you know, say you want Golovkin, but I guess that's not happening. Well, we kind of knew that wasn't happening anyway, by the fact that they always say what in the post fight interview, I'll fight I whoever Al wants to me to a, fight. I leave it, just leave it up to my manager to determine what's best for me, and I just fight who they tell me to fight. Oh, okay. What exactly? I mean, next, fight, getting... next fight's gonna be Andy Lee. He ain't fighting Peter Quillen. For whatever reason, they love Peter Quillen, and I don't think well, they're ready Lee. to. They fight Andy yeah, Lee Andy because we all know that Danny. Yeah. Is, I mean, uh, Daniel Jacobs is going to fight on the East Coast. We know that New York is Lou DiBella, premier boxing champions, East Coast. Andy Lee isn't he a DiBella guy? Yep. He's fighting Andy Lee. I'm gonna call it now. Danny Jacobs' next fight will be against Andy Lee. It will not be against Peter Quillen. You know, Andy Lee might knock him out while we while we talking about that fight. Well, hold on, man. A- Andy Lee could lose his next fight. He's not fighting a cream puff. All right. Billy Joe Saunders, he beat Chris Eubank Jr. Oh, yeah. and 
honestly, Chris Remain Jr. should knock Andy Lee in the next week. So, <laughs> I really don't well, know who's going that We know he's going to fight a DeBella guy. We know he, they're not giving him Peter Quillen yet. If, they, if he fights Peter Quillen, it'll have to be on the undercard of a bigger PBC card, like a, God forgive me for saying it, on an undercard of a Broner fight, because they just will not let Broner die, or it'll be on, let's see, a Keith Thurman fight. It'll be on something like that if Danny Jacobs was to fight Peter Quillen. I just don't see it happening. So I'm going to call it now. I'm going to say that early prediction, my early prediction, I won't make y'all co-sign that because then if I'm looking crazy, then I won't drag you guys into it. But I think that next they'll match him up against Andy Lee or somebody in DeBella's stable. DeBella still has all those middleweights, doesn't he? Daniel Gill and and and. Oh, Gill is done. Gill is with Shaw. No, okay. We're, we're not know, going to hey, see Gill in America ever again. No. No, he's he going to go back to Australia. He's going to win another fight. You know, maybe have a trilogy with Anthony Mundine. You know, <laughs> they'll come the back man. over here. <laughs> what about hey? What about you know going completely out of left field? What about Willie Monroe? He's a New York guy. Willie Monroe is very thirsty in his desire to get on with Al Heyman, as we've seen in social media. What about a fight with Willie Monroe? That's that's sellable. I I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, he's been quite, quite clear with his desire that he wants to be a Heyman fighter so he can get better fights. So, I don't know. Maybe they'll pull him out the woodworks. Maybe they'll pull out Curtis Stevens out of the woodworks from somewhere. He's a, a New York guy. Yeah, what else he got to do? Curtis Stevens still in main events, and they hate I'm him. I'm saying he resigned with them recently, so he's out to take oh, pictures. You know, Kathy, Kathy Duva. Oh, yeah, well, and sorry, Kurt. Yeah, no, sorry, Kurt. <laughs> you won't be getting that fight. Well, I don't know. You know, you never know. You never know. Maybe it's water under the Yeah, right. It's not water under the bridge. But at any rate, Garcia Malinaji, Jacobs Mora, at least it ended quickly. At least it didn't go on all night. Oh. The only it didn't go on, you know, all twelve rounds in both fights. So that's always a good thing when it comes to some of these PPC cards. Uh, what was the kid named that Puerto Rican kid who just looked like my God, who just was shooting his hand out like a damn slingshot? What was the uh, the opening the swing fight? Bout. Yeah, yeah, the, the swing the bout that, that they showed after uh, Mora. Wait, oh, the swing bout um, before the uh, main event. Yeah. yeah, that was um Pritchard Cologne. He he fought in Philly before I interviewed him. He's he's a nice guy. He's uh, his English is really good for for a guy from Puerto Rico, and he also looks like like a Midwest white guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he doesn't sound like one, but he looks like one. Mm. Shout out to our yeah, guy. Yeah, I'd say he, yeah, he, he has some crossover He's moving up to super middleweight, so he might make <sighs> his return to the U.S. at. Super middleweight, so no, he, he could fight under uh, Andre Ward. See, see, Gil, you know he he got a taste of that money, and now he don't feel like training no more. So that's why he's moving to super middleweight because he got no business fighting that high. He's really not nasty that big. He just don't want to cut weight no more because he's not hungry. That's the problem with fighters. Fighters, you know, they they get in this boxing game most of them because they're poor and you know they want a better life. Once they get that better life, you know what made them good fighters in the beginning is not there anymore. So, you know, start Gil up as uh, another guy to build your name with, former world champion. 
at any rate, we shall see what happens with, uh, well, we won't be paying that much attention to Daniel Gill unless he <laughs> fights somebody super notable. So we'll keep an eye on the middleweight division and what's next for Daniel Jacobs. As for Danny Garcia, he has the possibility of a lot of dance partners. It's very top-heavy in the 147-pound division, so we'll see where he measures up as time goes on. Once again, if you're just now tuning in, we, you are listening to the Ruckus Podcast brought to you by BadCulture.net. The call-in number is 718-508-9852. Ryan Bivens, Ismail Abdul Salam, I'm Jandra LaBeouf, and we talk about the sweet science here on this show. Well, with that, let us now move into, you know, we really don't have that much to talk about, to be honest. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yes, we do. We got number one. We got to talk about the big light heavyweight matchup. Adonis Stevenson and my boy Carpenty. Oh, my God. Yo, my boy Tommy going to pull off the upset, man. Watch. (laughs) (laughs) That would just be so fitting if that were to happen, especially the way Stevenson has been acting lately. Tommy Carpenty by split decision, yo. Okay. Let me tweet this out. I'm going to just wait for the trolls. Ryan Bivens says he will pull. Why? Why do you do that? Because, you know, I'm just a troll myself sometimes. I'm just a troll in disguise. But um. Now, while you're waiting on those trolls, how about the really legit matchup? Who will you guys pick for this better BF Kovalev fight if that comes off in Russia? Kovalev. Uh, in Russia? Hmm. Kovalev's going to knock him out. Better be of, unless he has done some drastic overhaul, his footwork is still poor, his balance is still poor. You know, he swings for the rafters, but he's got to walk a tightrope just to get in with Kovalev, and he just seems so awkward. And let's see, who has better be of knocked out? Tavoris Cloud. Who did he fight in the other fight? Better be of. Uh, Campio, uh, uh, come on now. Campio's been, you know, had his challenges in recent years. So Tavoris Cloud, Gabriel Campio, Alexander Johnson, and uh, Jeff Page. Mm, No, I'm still, much to my dismay, I will still have to give the advantage to Kovalev. I think Kovalev is just a better, meaner, better fighter. And, you know, he might land some good blows. This might be the first fight we actually see Kovalev take some good shots, but I don't think uh, I don't get better be of the advantage or the win. It'll go longer, but I don't know. I'll give it to you, Ismail. What do you think of better be of versus Kovalev? uh, I'm going to give Kovalev the advantage basically because I think um, he's just more battle tested at this point. You know, better be of would actually have maybe three more fights because he's moving pretty fast, and he's looking really, really good. And he's got some solid wins and some good wins. I just think he needs a little bit more time to step up to that level. And I think that um, they thought at this point, I think there's knockdowns on both sides. But I think um, Kovalev would knock him out late and just kind of like a real big battle of attrition. The atmosphere would be crazy, but I just think it's a little too much, a little too soon. And I'm hoping it doesn't ruin him because it's going to be a brutal fight either way. And you, Ryan? I got better be everybody early knockout. Oh wow! Really? Yeah. What have you seen in Kovalev that makes you think he's so susceptible to that happening? Um, I don't think he has very good defense for the right hand. 
and I think Better Bev is is big enough to land it. And I also I don't really uh, think Kovalev takes the best punch. Be truthful with you, but I mean if he look if, if Better Bev can't hit him, which is possible, like if Kovalev, I do think Kovalev is a better boxer. So if he can manage to not get hit in those early rounds, he'll win. You know I think fairly you know decisively, but. I also think Better Bev knows his best chance is to get him out of there early. So he's going to rush him. And Kovalev, to me, is not a guy that's going to switch up and be like, you know, be all defense and just not, not try to uh, trade. If a guy comes right at him and wants to bomb, Kovalev's going to stay in there. He's going to bomb with him. And I think that's going to get him knocked out. So you don't think Kovalev's a bully? You don't see him retreating or no. kind of folding if the pressure gets put on him too much early on? Yeah. Oh yeah, I definitely do. I I I don't think he can take what he dishes out. Not even close. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, be in line with most bullies. You know, they always talk. They always saying he's such a nasty fighter and all that. But he hasn't. He has yet to really get that. Uh, just like Ryan said, put back on him. You know, uh, Pascal did in spots, but you know he was pot shotting because it's Pascal. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking <laughs> of Pascal, we, we, we just saw how, how bad Pascal looked after that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and honestly, Pascal wasn't looking that great before the fight either. So it was it was surprising that Pascal did as good as he did. Mm-hmm. I agree. I had him getting knocked out like in the mid rounds. He went when did he get knocked out the eighth or ninth? He went pretty late. Yeah, something like that. And it was like, you know, it was a questionable salvage too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Pascal went out in the eighth. But as a result, he hasn't been the same because he didn't look good in his last fight and you know, I had nothing, Pascal. It's time to for him to take a couple steps down in, in competition. But as far as um, Kovalev goes, well, I don't know. You know, we're talking about Kovalev better be of. What happened to the talks of Kovalev, Andre Ward? Didn't I see this floating around that that was possibly in play? And then again, it's back now. Andre no, Ward and Eddie Golovkin. What do you? What do you? Which? Which? Do you think will well, happen you'll... first? Better be a so Kovalev, right. Golovkin Kovalev, or Ward Kovalev. Ward Kovalev. Right. Yeah, that, see, this fight that they're talking about between um, Kovalev and, and Better be in Russia, I don't think it's going to happen. Like, <laughs> like you're more likely to see Kovalev versus Dachenko in Russia. And I, Really, honestly, I, that's what I think. Um, I mean, it's, look, it's, it's in Russia. What like, HBO is not televising it, right? They, they, uh, I'm sure well, they understood. They were talking I mean, like they were. I can't remember the last time HBO had a fight in Russia. I get well, well, besides that Pushko Bevekin fight, but that was so big. So yeah, but I, I don't think the fight happens. And uh, the the, uh, the Ward fight, I think they really do want to make that fight because I, I I don't think Ward is you know, really trying to make 168 anymore. He thinks he's, he's done everything there is to do, and he's not getting a Golovkin fight. So he really has no point in being there. I'm surprised. I think the only thing is, long. yeah, they've been saying that they wanted to try and hold off on it. And remember, Ward has to get in his, you know, one or two more tune-ups before that fight even happens. So I would say at the earliest, a Kovala fight probably wouldn't happen until this time next year. Well, I'm I'm saying if Ward fights more fights than 168, they're not going to be anybody any good. He's not going to fight Darrell. He's not going to fight DeGale. He's not going to fight Groves. He's not going to fight Jack. 
He could oh. fight Daniel Gill. You know, Gill's a super oh middleweight now. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> he fights Daniel Gill. Yo. Yeah. Oh, man. At, he, at, the, at the Oracle. I don't know how he would have any fans left if he fought Daniel Gill. <laughs> young, well, not young champion. Veteran moving up, you know. Gave Cola a good fight. That's how they were spending, you know, Rock Nation did. Rock Nation. Rock Nation is getting sued. Hey, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit. We'll talk about um, our If friend, they really did that, that is foul. If they really did that boy like that, yeah, he needs his money. But he should have known better, too. If you don't have anything in writing, come on now. It almost I mean, sounds like they gave him, like, a handshake agreement. Oh, yeah, just, you know, don't sign the fight, uh, Charlo, and we'll, we'll pay you this, uh, this salary. But it doesn't sound like anything was in writing. You know, they just had Jay come in the room and give him a nod and a laugh, and he thought that was good enough. Jay walked in, threw up the rock, signed some albums. Here you go, kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll put you on title. <laughs> we'll broadcast your fights on title if you take this, if you step aside. But no real step aside money, just, you know, you got some albums and some tickets to a concert. He, and he doesn't uh, have the belt now. They stripped him of the belt, too. So, I mean, he's really out in the cold. Cold-blooded. He wasn't getting fights before. Now the last little bit of collateral he had is gone. That's terrible. You know, Rock Nation, I don't know. Do you do you believe that, that they really froze him out? Do you think that's really – because, I mean, Rock Nation has a lot of money, but they don't really have any political capital. So do you think that – I mean, for God's sake, their guy was – I mean, they have Cotto, but Cotto comes with his own name. They had Andre Ward fighting on BET. So how much of that do you legitimately think is true? I don't think they froze him out directly, but I just think the fact that they had him cancel a fight like that just kind of hurt his name with people wanting to work with him. And I think that for whatever reason, at the last minute, they just decided they weren't going to throw this money at him. Because, you know, initially, remember, they were trying to, you know, get Quillen to fight on their car, and, you know, they were throwing all around all this money to try and get these fights and it was falling through. So I think initially they were just trying to see where the money can go, who was going to bite. You know, they gave that offer to Broner, allegedly. They also had the offer that was legit for Wilder and Thurman. So they were really just trying to grasp at anybody that was young that might be willing to take a shot with them. And so I just think at the last minute, for whatever reason, they just decided Andrade, you know, ain't worth it. And just didn't bother to tell him until he already got out of the Charlo fight. And by then, too late. But, you know, if you don't have anything in writing, just like I was saying earlier, that falls on him first before anything else. You don't, have, you don't give up guaranteed money in a fight on HBO. I believe that was that Charlo fight was going to be on. Well, probably not. It was probably going to be on Showtime because uh, Charlo's with Heyman. You don't give up something like that for just nothing concrete. It just makes zero sense. You know, he's been out of the ring since last summer. And that's really remedial on his promoter's part. Who is his promoter again? What's this guy's name? That's another problem because he's it's split. It's like Banner and Star. I think it's those two different guys co-managing him. Yeah, and I just couldn't see that slipping through the cracks of either promoter. You know, where greed, I mean, yeah, yeah, they love their fighters, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, greed reigns supreme, especially with these young guys. You know, you got to milk all the money out of them you can while they're young. So I just can't see one of them being okay like like Andrade went to a meeting by himself, you know, like they flew him out in the jet and took him around town and, and, and Rod Tidwelled him in front of people and he just forgot. I just don't, I don't see it going down that way. So we'll have to see 
what uh, happens. Let me pull up that lawsuit anyway. I read it when it first came out, but I can't remember the specifics of the lawsuit. You know, uh, I've been Sam trying to get Mr. Dentre back on the show for a long time, but he's been incognito, and I can't find him. Okay, nah, so here Nick it Milf. is. He's Meek uh, Mill's status now. You're not going to get him on the show. Oh. <laughs> the initial lawsuit so leave, against Nation was though. filed on July 29th <laughs> by Android's promo- both promoters, Star Boxing and Banner Promotions who are seeking $10 million in damages, with both promoters claiming that Rock Nation Sports interfered with the promotional contract of Andrade. Attorney Jonathan Kraut informed Boxing Scene that Andrade has now been personally sued by Rock Nation Sports for damages. Ooh. Artie Palulo, that's who I was trying to think of uh, from Banner. Um, yeah, well, I mean, what? I don't know. It sounds like a, a lot of his ego too. They probably made him an offer. Did did he say that on the show, or did he say that in social media that when he was offered the fight with Charlo, they gave him like a shitty purse, or they were offering a really crap purse, and he was offended yeah, he as a champion, and that's why he turned the fight down. I think they were still negotiating at the time, and he was negotiating through the media, just stating that you know it needs to be a better offer than what I'm getting, but um. Mm. On our show, well, you know, on this show, it. he was he was talking about that. You know, he wanted Canelo. Canelo needed needed to come to the table and all that. So he <laughs> his his head was all up in the clouds, you know, for the last eight or nine months, basically. Right. So I mean, you know, it is what it is. Oh wow, we got Shane Mosley retweeting us. We talk in Kovalev Ward, speaking of Shane Mosley, uh, Shane was supposed to do the show with us tonight, but it looks like we're going to have him next week. So make sure you tune in next week because uh, if Shane is anything like he is on Twitter, then he should be highly, highly entertaining. So Yo, Shane, he's trolling the hell out of that Mayweather-Berto fight, talking about oh, yeah. they're they, they going to fight and he's, you know, you know, kitty gloves, you know, the ones you blow up with air. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, Saying, well, why would you pay seventy five dollars for that when you can pay under fifty dollars to watch him uh, KO a, a, a shit talking lunatic? <laughs> oh wow! Well, here, let's, uh, you know, nice little segue. Let's talk about this Shane Mosley fight. Let's talk about this Shane Mosley fighting uh, Mayorga same night as Santa Cruz Mars at the Forum. Now, neither of you have been to the Forum. The Forum is here in my in my backyard, practically, and. It's a big venue. Even if you shrink it down, it's still a really big venue. There's no, you know, it's not like the garden where they have smaller rooms within the facility. It's just the form. Who in the hell is going to this fight? Like, like legit, like buying fight, like buying tickets and ordering it on pay-per-view. If you could make a prediction of the numbers right now, Ismael, give me your prediction. Pay-per-view numbers. Mosley Mayorga. Uh, 15,000. Wow, you're so generous. Ryan, pay-per-view buys. <laughs> Mosley Mayorga. Um, I'm going to go with 5,000. <laughs> you know, I, I yeah. came up, what I think they should do is they should get a whole bunch of kids and people from a senior citizen's home, people who can't drive themselves there. Because then you can just drop them off and then they can't leave until somebody comes back. So if you're going to Santa Cruz Mares, 
go pick up all your old folks and all the children and drop them off at the farm and then go ahead and go to Santa Cruz Mara's and then come back and pick them up. That way they'll have a nice, full arena and they can't get away. I just, uh, look, you know, let's let's. let's but because that's not going to happen, I, I think there will actually have more pay-per-view buys than there will be people in the arena. Oh, yeah. Because uh, they, they got, got competition that day. Because, yo, Santa Cruz Mars, everybody wants to go to that fight. That's going to be like a sold out. So who the hell mm-hmm. is going to go to another California fight that day? Yeah, true. Mosley, Mosley, <laughs> almost typed Mosley Mares. Mosley Mayorga. Mayorga. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll 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 see what the uh, the masses say. In the meantime, let's take a caller. We have somebody calling in from the four four two. Let's pick up the call. Four four two, you are on with the Ruckus Crew. Who am I speaking with? Hello, 442. Is that me? Hello. That's you. Who am I speaking with? Is that me? Yes. Is that me? Oh, okay. Um, the, the number sort of like um, went over my head. Um, I'm finding from the UK. I didn't know I was 442. Hello. Hello there. How are you doing this evening? Uh, me, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, I was on a tweet, but it, it's actually too long. It's, it's just it's just basically a question. It, you can answer it later on once once I come off the phone. Um, but first of all, um, I, I would go for Guru myself, Garcia's next fight, um, and um, I think it will be Kovalev versus Ward. Um, the choice, which he said he gave three choices um, in 2016, and if if I was better BF, um, I would go for the mandatory route. I think you got more power if you go mandatory um, rather than try to make a deal with main event. But but um, my my question is this, yeah, you know today Fox Sports One, um, PBC announced uh, the series on Fox Sports One um, for Tuesday nights. Yeah, my question to all three of you as boxing fans, what what is acceptable matchups um, for boxing on Tuesday night on uh, on on Fox Sports One? Even if it's or even if it's got the PBC brand on it, um, and, and and thank you for taking my call. I'll I'll, I'll listen to it. Um, oh, thank it's you. always a pleasure to talk to you. With regard oh, to acceptable right. matchups on PBC Fox Sports One, I imagine they just kind of emulate the same type of farming system that Oscar De La Hoya was doing with the L.A. Fight Club and with the, um, I don't know. You know what? That's a good question because we just had this fight, this Rashi Warren fight was on Bounce TV, which is, I forgot what type of platform Bounce. So maybe whoever was on Bounce should come to this Fox platform and then maybe whoever would have been on Fox should go to that platform because more people have Fox Sports 1 than they have Bounce TV, I presume. So I imagine it should be a type of farming system on a Tuesday night, but I'd have to look at who Al Heyman has to see who exactly he's going to farm. He has a lot of ki- he has a lot of fighters, but I don't know how many of them are four to six rounders and and new kids coming up through the ranks. Ryan, what do you think? Well, I know we do a lot of Tuesday night fights here in Philadelphia, even before. Um, television picked them up. Eventually, Golden Boy jumped in on it, and we got some shows on Fox Sports 1. So, if PBC does the same thing, because PBC is already, you know, using Philadelphia promoters like uh, Marshall Kaufman to 
well, not PBC, but Al Heyman. He's already using our guys to, to put his fighters on local shows, you know, even though, they, you know, they, they're not really attractions here. But, you know, they are, are getting on cards on a regular basis. So, hey, I could I could easily see um, these same guys um, that, that weren't being televised before starting to get on TV now. Okay. Ismail? That sounds about right. I think anybody on his roster, because he has a lot of guys, some guys I follow on Instagram that are affiliated with him, and so now I have to look at their their um, ID handle again. But basically, there's a lot of Heyman guys that are, like, just turning pro, like under under five fights, under ten fights. A lot of those younger guys that we haven't seen on TV yet, like Ryan was mentioning, probably some of them have been on those silly cards. Those are the type of guys I think that need to be on these cards where he can build them up, have them on TV, get, you know, these good crushing knockouts that people can actually see, and then eventually you can graduate them to, you know, spike and things like that, and then that's just foreign fighters and swing bouts. You know, we've seen them on TV before, seen them kind of grow a little bit, so they have at least a little bit of a following going to that bigger platform. That makes the most sense to me because I really doubt that he would put any type of marquee or name matchups on a car like that. The most we might see is maybe this, a prospect with a prospect. Do you think that maybe this Fox Sports 1 platform is maybe a little bit of quid pro quo for these local promoters who have served as the promoter, quote-unquote, for him for these events? Like maybe we won't see any, like a car full of Heyman guys. Maybe we'll see some up-and-coming DeBella guys or some Mayweather Promo uh-huh. guys or some – Goose and Tudor guys. Maybe it's a little like, thanks for putting my cards. You know, we'll let your young guys get a little shine. Who, you know, maybe this will be their opportunity to maybe get signed by Al Heyman. We'll give them a little platform to perform on, see how the audience, you know, what the response is, how they perform. And if they perform well, then maybe we'll just snatch them from you and promote them ourselves. I think those guys would be swing bouts. Um, at the end of the day, they'll be on the card. But you know, only only the people at the at the arena will be seeing them. I, I don't think they're automatically going to TV. Uh, Al Heyman is not that generous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just like you were saying, if they're any good, he'll just snatch them up and take them for himself. Right. <laughs> what he's done already. Well, with, well, with this Fox Sports platform, since it's one of uh, free channel per se, do you think that maybe they will put more emphasis into building? A home or cultivating a hometown audience instead of doing what they have been doing, where they just put the fights wherever, but actually putting them in these small towns and specifically selecting these guys from these towns in an effort to build a stronger following, you know, for ultimately their brand? Or do you think it's just like, okay, well, you fighting in Poughkeepsie tonight, let's go? <laughs> What you said makes the most sense, but we haven't really seen any inkling of that on a smaller level with the cars they've been putting on besides, you know, like Thurman cars and people like that that have a name. That makes perfect sense what you've been saying. I just don't, I guess, have any faith at this point that they would do anything like that yet. LRS, you're, pre- you're, a, you're an informed boxing fan, and that's why we like when you tweet and you call into us. Let me ask you, why do you think that, there is this disconnect or perceived disconnect with Al Heyman with cultivating his stars on a local level, like a Terrence Crawford, like a now a Deontay Wilder, which is, you know, kind of straying away from his normal 
you know, just have them fight in Vegas or wherever, you know, fighting in their hometown. Why do you think he doesn't do that type of business of cultivating the guy in their hometown, in front of their hometown audience? Hmm. Uh-oh, did we lose him? Oh, we lost him. I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah, his call dropped. Well, he's calling from across the pond, so, and it's like, what does he say? What did he say? It's like four in the morning when he calls in or he listens yeah. to the show? Yeah, it's, it's that's really pretty early. dope. You know, that's really dope. People staying up or, I don't know, maybe just getting off from work. At any rate, it's four in the morning wherever he's in. I don't know that I'd be listening to me at four in the morning, so that's pretty dope. But, um, okay, well, then I'll lob that same question to you. I'll lob it to Ryan first. Why don't you think? Why do you think that Al Heyman doesn't spend his time developing fighters from the ground up. Do you think he had enough? Well, no, he didn't really. He didn't develop Floyd. Maybe he doesn't have the skill set to do it. Well, why do you think it is? Oh, I think he's he's, he's overextended. He just has too many fighters. I think that that kind of development requires a lot of you know uh, patience uh, and time, uh, attention. You know, you have to have a, a better, a more devoted team to uh, a, a lesser stable for for that kind of promotion. I think he's, you know, he's he's thinking macro. You know, he's 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 just trying to, you know, run everybody, and you know, it's just it's, there's only so much you can do when when you have that much control. Ismail, what do you think the makeup of his team is like? Like, you know, you've been working in, in boxing media for quite some time, and you have, you know, you know who the promoters and the, and the matchmakers and things are. What do you think the Heyman business model in terms of not the going out and getting these new deals with this TBZ, but I mean like the actual day-to-day team, like the matchmaker, the this, the that, the third. You know, we know that Oscar De La Hoya has a very specific team that makes things happen. What do you think the Heyman, I mean, I'm not saying name names, but do you? what do you think it looks like if, you're, if you go over to Heyman headquarters, what does it look like, a day-to-day operation? I think uh, the very immediate close circle as far as people like to have his number and things like that. I think those people are boxing people and they know this stuff, but I think once you get outside of that, I think the majority of the people there being at this new company, Fledgling Company, a lot of those people aren't core boxing people, which is why it would make it very, very difficult, like Ryan said, to try and do what you just mentioned. Because, you know, we don't know the ethnic makeup of all the fighters that he has, but I don't think, from what I've seen, what we've seen, he has a strong contingent of Latino fighters. With those type of fighters, it's easier, like you mentioned, to build hometown fan base, things like that. They're more inclined to come out for fighters, you know, of their background. As opposed Mm -hmm. to the black fighters, that's a lot more difficult when it comes to boxing. It would take a lot more time You'd have to have a lot of media contacts outside of boxing. You know, you have to get them on the radio, things like that, which would be a lot more difficult depending on the region. You know, if you've got somebody from Nebraska or in Alabama, places like that, it makes it a lot more difficult. You have to have people on the ground. You know, they have to have managers in place that already have been doing that type of stuff, you know, when they were amateurs. And we know a lot of that hasn't been happening. It's pretty much once they get to Heyman, it seems like they expect him to do everything, and I think he likes it like that because it gives him a little bit more control. But on the flip side, you get situations like this where you have fighters that really haven't cultivated anything outside of him. You know, they just get their checks and they're happy with that and they're content with that. And they expect him to do the marketing and pretty much everything else. And um, 
we're kind of seeing the consequences of that. PBC is everywhere, but it's almost like in name only. It hasn't really been able to garner the type of buzz I think people were expecting it to have. But um, it's still very early in the game. And as much as we've been criticizing and praising at different points the whole PBC brand, still hasn't been in place a full year yet. So it's right. going to take some time before we really see what they can do. And on the good side, they have so much money, you know, they have the money to really wait this out, I think, at least three to four years if need be uh, to see if this can really take off. They have enough money to make it go that long. But it's just so odd. You know, the 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 promotional opportunities that they have for these fighters that they don't utilize. Now, think of the early, the first PBC cards that we saw back in January and March, where over and over and over we saw the same regurgitated package. Hi, I'm Jandra LaBeouf. I fight for PBC. I grew up in Inglewood, California. Think of that same tired package that we saw on fighters um, for in these early things. Now you have partnered with ESPN and Fox. I'll, I'll limit my comments to just those two specifically because we know that ESPN has ESPN Radio and they have other outlets and places where fighters can appear. I would imagine if you're being broadcast on their network that they would be okay with you going on one of these radio shows that they have. But instead, they do a, you know, on Spike, they put Amir Khan and them on Lip Sync Battle. That's so stupid. You know, it's really dumb. You know, a lot of people listed in their cars, or they put them on, um, PBC has a, um, I think they have an XM station, like one of those satellite radio stations. Why not utilize the tools you have, especially with a a platform like ESPN where they are athletic-centric and they know the importance of, in every sport, of showing the backstory of these fighters. How many times have we sat and watched softball or bowling or some stupid shit come to an end on a Friday night fights night and we watched the backstory of Susan Susan Johnson from Omaha, Nebraska, who grew up playing softball in the barn with only a pitchfork to hit the ball with. You know, how many times have we seen those types of stories, but yet they don't utilize the platform they have to promote the fighters that they got. I mean, they don't have to do it for all of them. We don't need a backstory on Danny Garcia. We know his daddy went to jail. Yeah, I mean, we know about Angel. We know about them. But you've got these younger guys. Why not take a little bit of that time and do the backstory and, and build these athletes? But, I mean, you know, that's just my view of the bridge. I don't work in that industry, so I don't know, but... I don't know, it just seems so so wasteful of the time. A lot of these fighters have some fascinating backstories that, I don't know, maybe they shouldn't do it because then we wouldn't have anything to write about on our blogs. So never mind. Let's just scratch all that all together. You know, keep doing what well, you're let doing, me, Heyman. Let me ask you this. Out of everybody that we've seen so far with PBC, if you had to pick one person that you would think will be the breakout face of the brand in the next 6 to 12 months, who would you pick? You already know who I'm going to say. I think I did. Floyd's boy. Floyd's new boy. Harold <laughs> Spence? No, no. No, not Harold Spence. Little, little girl number two. Well, Danny Garcia is the biggest star. Is that uh, your Billy goggles? No, I'm serious. He's the biggest star. He's making the most money. He's got the best record. He's, you know, got the most belts. 
Danny Gar- what did Danny? Hey, what what was you Danny's want? purse? What was Danny's purse for this fight? For the Malaji fight, uh, one point two five. No, then he's not making more than Broner, and Broner is losing. Well, so you know that was Broner, that was Broner before. Okay, Broner, see, that's he, your he's Philly play goggles. Out that's your Philly goggles. Bro, no, 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 no. See, that was before Broner lost to the Porter. Porter. Look, them days is over, Broner. Okay, Danny has ascended. Broner has <laughs> fallen down. Broner had Broner lost, made a grip of money. Broner won, made a grip of money. Danny fights. He's still not making more than Broner. Or, so, or man, even next if, fight, if we're talking about that fighters much. that are specific to PBC. Are they making more than Deontay Wilder? Because on PBC's website, Wilder is categorized as a PBC fighter as well. Are they making more than Wilder? They're probably making more than Wilder. But Danny's not, making, Danny's not making more than Broner. They wanted no, he, Broner he, he to be the face of the franchise, but he's so, messing up. So, Danny, Danny, when he fought Matisse, that was more money than Broner ever made by far. <laughs> is da- no, we're talking about PBC. You, we limited our scope <laughs> to PBC. And then let's okay, then we can also let's talk about then let's talk about Leo Santa Cruz. Is he making more than Leo Santa Cruz? Leo Santa Cruz ain't fighting yeah, nobody, and he's making a so, mill like Leo, a mill of fights. Leo Santa Cruz is making like quarter million, not not a million. It's the thing is Leo Santa Cruz. He's a what a super bandweight featherweight now, and you know they. You know, historically, make much less money than the higher weight classes. So, compared to other featherweights, yeah, Leo Santa Cruz is is extremely overpaid. Okay, well then, what about Robert Guerrero? That bullshit I went to here in L.A. during the day. Robert Guerrero made over a mil for that fight. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought he made like a mil, but I'm not sure. But yes, Garcia still made more than him. Nah, Danny ain't Danny ain't the face of the franchise. He, he not. He, no, no. Danny messed he, himself he, up. And Herrera fight messed up Danny. Even if they wanted to make, he, Danny was right in the kingdom high when he whipped Matisse's ass. And after that, that Herrera fight, it messed up the whole momentum. Oh, look, I think you know what? It, let's blame need, Danny no. Garcia. Then let's blame Danny Garcia for why Heyman doesn't cultivate cultivate fighters on the local level. Think about all the money they poured into that Puerto Rican homecoming shit in those commercials and I'm coming home <laughs> and then he goes home and gets his ass beat. So we're gonna blame Danny Garcia for the reason why Al Heyman doesn't develop fighters in front of their hometown crowd. Well, look, think about they, that. That's the whole um, coming home thing was wrong because he, his home is Philly, okay? That That's his home, okay? If he comes to Philly, he's going to show us the well, real his deal. Script, the script that he read from said, it's good to be fighting at home where I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> yeah, well, no, he, he was Senora, that, look, that was just for promotion. Danny Garcia. He, he was still a golden boy at the time. Yeah. Golden boy told him to lie. What, what you want me to say? They told him to lie, so he lied. Now, if, if you talk to him today, he'll, he'll tell you. It's his home is Philadelphia. Yeah, well, you know, that night home was Philly. And, I mean, home was Puerto Rico, and, and, you know, hey, we saw how that worked out. So, no, I don't think Danny Danny could have been the face. I'm going to disagree with you. Danny could have been the face of the franchise, but he messed it up. He messed it up with that, with that, with that Herrera fight, and then he messed it up with the, know, uh, with the fight after that. Danny ain't never going to be the face of the franchise. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's look at the Malinati fight. Um, he should have knocked him, I mean. Sorry, that's your Philly goggles. You got to take your Philly goggles off. I don't have no Philly goggles. Look, all you have to do is look at the other fighters in the division. Who do they want to fight? Who Who are they trying to get? He's the name. Mayweather. He's the name that people want to get. No. That's the fight everybody wants now. Yes, it is. Uh, besides Floyd, everybody wants him. 
I don't know. But why, don't but know. why does I, everybody I want him? Okay, let's look at Sean Porter, <laughs> Keith Thurman, that, that, that's Adrian Broner. Have no, any of those three called out Danny Garcia? Right. I'm, I'm saying they want him, and they might think he's like Chavez food. That's <laughs> why they want to get in the ring. Exactly. <laughs> this is true. They, they do think they can beat him. I, yeah. I, I'll give you that. But, but look, I'm not saying he's, you know, uh, this great pound-for-pound pound fighter or whatever, but he's, right now, he's the guy with the, the, uh, the bullseye on his back. Danny made too much money, and Danny got too many distractions. Danny got a gym full of people hyping him up. He over there creating Mayweather Boxing Club, East Coast over there at the Danny Swift Garcia gym. He made a grip of money. His girl's about to have a baby. His dad is buck wild. Now that that's you know that looked like Floyd Senior and Floyd over there Philly style. I don't really know how packed that gym be normally, honestly. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's all, packed. He got his boys over there. They got a barber shop. They go from the barber shop to the gym, and they hype Danny up. Danny, the real MVP. Danny, 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 Danny. Stop putting cherries on the page well, of the I, champion I, I, of the world. I never, I never saw that. Like look, the Tyrone Long Dick style. Is that what your boy Angel likes look, to say look, on a daily that, basis? That, 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 that's, 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 that, that's not the rest of the team. That's Angel. You can't, you can't <laughs> like, you know, compare him to anybody else in that team. Like from what I've seen, every time I've been at his gym for a media day, it's all that's very chill and relaxed there. I'm not. I've seen hype guys. I really, I don't see those guys in camp with them. Yeah, but and when I'm inviting people over for a dinner party, I don't leave my dirty drawers on the floor either. <laughs> well, fighters do though. Fighters are different. They don't. They, they don't. They don't got no picks. They, they the people they roll with, whenever you know, it don't matter the cameras. Media are day, they give it on media day. They give look, an angel look, dude, woodland. When, they when, remove when, all when, the when, coffee when, from the gym, and they say everybody's <laughs> going to sit down and okay. be nice. Hey, Kelly Swanson goes over there probably and says, if any of you act a fool today, I'm kicking everybody's ass in here. Yeah. Kelly wasn't even at the last one. Oh, no, that's okay. She All she got to do is send Lisa. Lisa probably more gangster yeah. than her. <laughs> Lisa. Lisa ain't gangster. All right. All right. But at any rate, No. Uh, we say all. I say all that to say that no, Danny Garcia is not the face of the franchise. I think they still hope. I think they're over there in denial. I think they're still hoping that Broner will redeem himself. Oh please, Broner. No, they, no. no, even even Floyd, even Floyd's not Broner. He he got a new little bro already. He, he already named him. Harold Smith. I don't think Floyd. I don't think Floyd ever. I don't think Floyd ever really was claiming him like that. I think they made Floyd. Yeah, he was. Like he was. No, no, no. Floyd, Floyd, he claimed him proudly. Nah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. Go back to them old Floyd interviews when Broner was still winning and listen to what Floyd is saying. You know, he's a young guy. He's got a lot to learn. He needs to be more focused. It's not, that's my dude. This is the heir well, apparent. Well, at the same the, time, though. You show me an interview time, where Floyd says Even with the criticism. Time. Even with the criticism, he would always say stuff like, yeah, I would much rather promote a guy like Adrian Broner over a guy like Andre Ward. You show I mean, me a quote. Well, I mean, anybody would want to promote Adrian Broner. Come on. Don't do that. Don't do that. Give, give Andre Ward his credit now. Andre Ward is great, but Andre Ward is boring. Andre Ward is great. He is a great fighter. Andre Ward, you know, minimally, you would want a fighter who's going to mobilize people either way, and that's what Floyd capitalized on. You either love them or you hate them. Well, Andre Ward, it's like, Andre Ward's fighting tonight? Oh, 
Adrian Ward is uh, Adrian Broner's fighting. I hate that bastard. Oh, that's the dude. He's so crazy. You, he doesn't inspire any passion in people. He just doesn't. He doesn't inspire. They're, they're, you find me, except for maybe Mike Money. You find me a guy or a girl who is just so passionate about Andre Ward and seeing Andre Ward fight. Yeah, we watch him. We recognize his greatness, but I mean. If he got, you know, put in the Hall of Fame, you think people are going to make a, a journey cross-country to Calistoga to watch him go down the street in the car? Nah. They're going to well, come from whoever to get inducted on the same day. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Andre Ward, is he, he does fine financially, okay? They're, oh, they're he paying does great very financially. Well. Now, if, 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 if he, there's no reason that they're paying him, then some somebody is very foolish. But as They're far as I can tell, the guy is, is worth promoting for more than a guy okay, like well, Okay, okay, well then, Ryan, riddle me this. Andre Ward was making all that money because he was riding a high of winning the Super 6 tournament. And then after that, yeah. he was injured. He fought Edwin Rodriguez, you know, after going through his promotional issues with Goose and Tudor. And then now we have him with a high-powered backer, Rock Nation Sports, He's commentated for HBO. HBO still don't want to put him on HBO. He got to fight on on BET. Well, no, no, no. Whoa. That, that, they will put him on HBO just fine. They didn't he want just to put that fight, fight, that last fight on, on Yeah, BET. because he fought a guy that had no business fighting him. They That's put the thing. Miguel Cotto on with Delvin Rodriguez. That's a good point. <laughs> Come on now. Well, you don't know, tell me it's Cotto's about more a popular selection. <laughs> You know, if they can put on the Gil that bullshit versus Delvin Rodriguez, they should be able to put Andre Ward. Andre Ward is a, a legitimate champion in his weight division, not I'm going to fight at 174 for the belt, I'm going to fight at 156 for the belt, I'm going to fight at 158. He fights at 168. This last fight he returns, he fights at 171, whatever it was. That's the first time forever that Andre Ward ever fought at a catchweight, but every time he fought at 168. Love him or hate him. But they let Miguel Cotto fight on the network all the time at whatever way he pulls out of his ass that day? Come on. Give me a break. At any rate, this is the Ruckus uh, Boxing Podcast. DeAndre <laughs> LaBeouf, Ryan Bivens, Ismail Abdul Salam, brought to you by BadCulture.net. If you would like to call in and fuss with us, the number is 718 718-508-9852. Ismail, since we have yeah. uh, talked over you and, 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 and argued amongst <laughs> ourselves, these are usually the conversations that we have in Messenger. <laughs> I don't even know where to bring you. What did we just talk about on our uh, – What was my topic? My to topic was the, the PBC, the face of PBC. Who, would, who of PBC. would I put it on? Okay. Um, I don't have faith in Danny. I think he's a little, he's too erratic at this point. I think it's partly because he got complacent. I think um, he's really not hungry anymore. He's getting these big paydays, easy matchups. I think it's, it's not as bad as what's happened with Santa Cruz, but it's happening like that to a degree. I think he's not being groomed properly to take that next step. I think everything he's done over the last year and a half has taken him backwards. So if I had to put money on somebody, even though I think Spence will probably win if they were to match up anytime soon. I think that I would put my money behind Keith Thurman. I think because he's willing to fight everybody, as far as we know, 
Um, he has a good style for the most part. Recently, I haven't liked some of the things I've seen, but I think that can be corrected. Um, I just think he's the, the best one because he has the mindset, at least being willing to fight top competition. Everybody else, I don't really get that hunger from them. I just think they're happy to just fight whoever as long as they're getting paid well. Speaking of Keith Thurman, um, I, I, I heard that his injury to his hand that he got in his last fight against, uh, who was he fighting? Um, Plaza. Plaza. Put him, put him out of the Mayweather sweepstakes. Like, really? he was actually in the sweepstakes. So he literally might be the reason that we're seeing Mayweather Berto. Damn it, Keith Thurman. See, he's the first light skinned dude this week that's not getting the W. Damn it, Keith Thurman. Well, you know, he might, he probably was in the sweet six, but we know Floyd picks his opponent. And we know Floyd, he, this is what his father said, he wants to take some easy fights before he retires. So I think even still with Thurman on the field, he's going to take burden. Yeah, as as, as really my boy Malik, shout out to my boy Malik. He says that uh, Mayweather is doing a victory lap on them. Hey, I ain't mad. Look at how many victory laps other people have taken. Let me go on and pick up this 513 because oh. I already know who it is. Hold that thought. <laughs> Dre Cade, you are on with the ruckus. Let hey, us have it. Doing? Are we ready? Okay, I got, I got a little conspiracy theory jumping off, and I want to run it past y'all right quick. Um... Didn't Floyd give up the WBA belt because he didn't want to give them that two hundred thousand dollars? WBA belt. WBA. Oh no, he gave up the WBO. That's right. So That's the paid... one that uh, Tim Bradley fought for. Okay, so he paid the sanction of fee on the WBA. Right. Okay, I'm puzzled on it because I know um, if you see the fight that was on Sunday. With uh, Rashid Warren, because I know Rashid Warren, uncle, he actually dates my little cousin. Um, I thought Rashid Warren won that fight. And I, I know the Moreno, whatever the hell his name is, uh, he was... Um, Payano. He was, yeah, Payano. The fight, I believe, was in Jacksonville, but he was fighting out of Miami. My question is, where is the, is the WBA, is, where is it uh, located? Are they located somewhere in South America? Oh, um, it's in... Um of South America or somewhere. I think it's um, Venezuela. Hey, did you see the fight? Did you see I the fight? I did not watch the fight. I, yeah, I, I watched the fight. Had, I had my PBC fill on Saturday. I didn't see the fight. <laughs> I felt Rashid won. It was an ugly, ugly-ass fight. It was very ugly. But it was I felt Rashid I, I, I felt he won the fight. And I felt he got robbed. Really? And, um... I, I honestly believe he got robbed. Um, they deducted him two points. It was some it was some bullshit he done, but I, I thought Payano was doing a lot of foul fest and stuff during the whole fight that he should have been deducted more than he was. But that's neither here nor there. I want to talk about the Berto and Floyd Mayweather fight. I know uh, everybody is giving Floyd a pass which I would give him a pass if it was on regular television. But what I first, I just found out, and you could substantiate it, that if you're watching this fight in HD September 12th, it's 75 fucking dollars. <laughs> Is that tell right? Why you mad, son? Yeah. 70, mm-hmm. Okay, let me tell you. Okay, so you want to act like you want to know why I'm mad. Who the hell? Mad? I don't care if uh, uh, 
Andre Bird don't fight no pay-per-view. You're going to pay $75? The hell if it's Floyd, because Floyd is going out to win a decision anyway. I don't care what none of these slow mos say. Uh, Floyd going to knock Birdo out. The only way Floyd knocks Birdo out if it's a TKO because Birdo eyes well up or some shit like that. But Floyd don't commit on no punches to knock nobody out. Mm. He don't. Because as soon as Birdo start getting going, you know and I know he gonna, he's going to grab him. He's going to hold him. That's how Do you think Berto is going to get going, though? No. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I, I was, I was, I ain't gonna say no names. I was listening to my man. He got a YouTube podcast. I got much respect for him. And he was saying, well, say his they name anyway. We won't tell nobody. A young black. They say Floyd to fight a young black in his prime. Berto ain't in his fucking prime. <laughs> Who said that? Wait a minute. Oh, Please drop a name finish. for us. Or at least, you know, uh, DM me on Twitter because I must see this video. If you don't want to out the person, just DM me on Twitter so I can hey, watch hey, the video what? so I, I can tackle now. this. I, I see it now because I don't know him personally. It's Carcino from, from the Boston uh, Socialist. Uh, and he uh, said that Andre Berto is in his prime? That's what he said. Oh. That's what he said. <laughs> so he just missed that Guerrero and that Sotokaras fight because he wasn't yeah, in his not, prime then. Not, not only that, not only that. Speaking of this, I mean, like, like with Danny, I'm hearing people say, I think I was listening to the boxing voice. They said, good matchup for Danny if he had fight Robert Guerrero. No, no the hell it wouldn't. Robert Guerrero was right behind Berto. Mm. Yeah. Well, then that then all the more better. It probably would be a good fight. No, but the thing of it is, I listened to, I watched the fight with, with Pauly Malignaggi and Danny, and, right. and he was talking about Porter and Thurman. This is what he said, quote and unquote, tell me if I'm wrong. Ryan, he say if that's what Al Heyman want, I will fight them. He mentioned Al Heyman. If that's what Al Heyman want, I will fight them. That doesn't yeah. sound like nobody that want to fight them. That's the script. I'm sorry. <laughs> it don't I sound like part it. Of per- I think they get part of their purse deducted if they don't say that. Look, he said, you a grown man in a, in, in, in a sport that you need so much testosterone to go out to talk the shit that they talk, and the first thing out your mouth is, if that's what Al want, what? what? Can you imagine? What? Well, I need Dame Dash on the show to make sense of this. I need Dame Dash to make sense of this. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, you don't want to fight them. I'm not, I'm not mad at Danny, because D- Danny been giving gifts. I mean, since the Matisse fight, I say, uh, uh, think about think about this right here. With, with the PBC. I heard you talking about the PBC. Tell you how fucked up the PBC is. When he fought uh, uh, um, um, Lamont Peterson, it wasn't a unification. It was at 141. When Broner fought Sean Porter, it was at a catch weight. What'd you say? It was at 143 against Peterson. Okay. Okay. Same situation, though. None of their belts was on the line. Right. When you talk at unification, that get people's attention. Even with Sean Porter fighting Broner at a catch weight, it's always some type of skippity do something with it. You know, I mean, just it's not like okay, it's free TV, but it's always an advantage to the A side. Overly done. You get what I'm saying? There's nobody saying I'll fight you at your weight in your backyard. I was on Twitter talking to this one brother. I told him one thing about Mayweather talking about that TBE shit. He's been having a home court advantage for 10 years, over 10 years. It's like in the NFL, it's like a team don't play nowhere but at home for 16 games. <laughs> now, when you talk about the thriller in Manila, 
or you talk about uh, 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 the, the fights in Zaire, or um, even Carol Brook coming over to get the title from Sean Porter, you can go on and on and on where fighters had to go out and whoop somebody in their backyard. I think that that holds a lot of weight when you're talking about the best ever. But when all of your fights are where you, where you live three or four miles away from, where the judges know you, the refs know you, everybody know you, the, the, the political situation know you because of the money that you bring to the economy, and you fought nowhere but Vegas in 10 to 12 years straight, and you want to say you're the best ever, and you ain't whooping nobody ass in their own backyard and never will because you're about to retire? Look at the big picture. You can't call yourself the best ever if you ain't whoop somebody ass in their own backyard. That's all I'm saying. Tell me if I'm wrong. Somebody tell me if I'm wrong. Floyd ain't whoop nobody ass in their own backyard. Well, before Since he, he became, went to Vegas. Floyd, no, no. Since he became Floyd Money May, Mayweather. Right. Now, when he was pretty boy Floyd, that's when he was knocking people out. Yeah, you're right. But when he when he was pretty boy Floyd, he was also 130 pounds. But, but all I'm saying is, Floyd was trying to knock people out when he was at Because he was 130 he, pounds. Yeah, but what I'm saying so is, at 130 pounds, you got to understand, um, Floyd Mayweather physically at that time was a monster. He was big for his weight, very strong. He had good hands. He had, you know, power. He moved up in weight. He's just a little dude now. He, he, he Physically, he's not that impressive. He, he wins fights on his, his, you know, intelligence. Wait a minute, Pacquiao's a little dude. But Pacquiao, Pacquiao, even when he... Pacquiao physically enhanced himself. Now, I'm not going to say it was illegal. But hey, he, he physically not, enhanced himself. And you know what? I don't know who have it because I, I know the old saying: "If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying." You know, like like, like with um, think about it. Shane Mosley never popped on no goddamn piss test. He got caught up in that Balco shit and got told on. But he he yeah. didn't come up positive against Dela Hoya when he admitted that. Right. He didn't pop positive on that. So if he got away with it, who to say Florida anybody else ain't done it? Pacquiao never popped on no piss test. I believe he I believe he was dirty, but he never popped on a piss test. So that's wrong to say. The point I'm making is with, with with Floyd moving up from pretty boy to money Mayweather, he wasn't trying to knock nobody out. Period. I mean it, it was too much for him on the A side to whereas no fighter never really had no equal ground after he beat Oscar De La Hoya. Well, you can look at it like this, too. I mean, you could say the same thing about Miguel Cotto. When Miguel Cotto got into the whole thing with Sergio Martinez when they were doing the, the face-offs and, you know, all their little media things together, and they got into their whole tete-a-tete about A-side versus B-side. When you're the A-side, you can dictate the terms, and if you don't like the terms, then you don't have to fight. So... I mean, I, I don't necessarily disagree with what you're saying, but when you are the A-side, it's like if I don't feel like driving but I got the tickets to the show, you come and pick me up and you're going to pay for the parking. I understand I that clearly, but Kendra, he took that L against Austin Trout in, in the garden because of a lack of skill. Austin Trout beat him. He beat him. Yeah, in. But, but, yeah, Austin Trout beat him, but he beat him in his backyard. That, that's, that's, he, okay. was dictate, he was still dictating the terms. What I'm saying is this right here. Um, Austin Trout did what a fighter is supposed to do. What, what I'm just saying, when you look at all the greats, when you talk about I don't care where you list them at, 
They had to fight somebody in their backyard and whoop their ass. All I'm saying is Floyd ain't fought outside of Las Vegas in over 10 right. damn years. Yeah, now, look, it, it is a good point. But then here's the thing. Back in, in the day when, you know, this happened, people weren't making money like Floyd's making. Exactly. exactly. Vegas, Vegas was not the hotbed of boxing that it is today. Okay, like if, if Floyd could make as much money elsewhere, I think he really would travel. And, and you know what? And, and when his you know career starts to downturn and he's no longer winning very much anymore, if he decides to keep fighting like, like a Roy Jones, he'll go over to Europe because – that's why Roy fights over there now. Matter of fact, he's fighting in some country I never heard of. Um, in a, the same week, uh, uh, Mosley Mayorga is fighting. Oh, uh, see, they they can go across seas and, and fight in these new places, and make still make millions of dollars because those people have never seen them before. But, but at the moment, on this. now think about when um, uh, the hell with the Roy Jones situation. He ain't got no other choice. Come on now. But let's go with let's go. Um, um, but see, but that's the point. He doesn't have a choice. <laughs> that's the structure it was, it was of the business a, now. But yeah, but no, that's what it comes down to. People, people, but people back in the day, they also didn't really have choices. You think exactly. you know guys like Sugar Ray Robinson wanted to fight every couple of weeks? They didn't want to. They they, they needed money. It wasn't getting paid. And once he started getting paid, he started fighting a lot less and started to fight more on his terms. Let me ask you a question, Ryan. Let me ask you this question. His last fight under that Showtime contract is September 12th, right? Yeah, that's the original contract. I think they might have a contract contract now. Me personally, I believe Floyd is not going to go nowhere. I don't give a fuck who offered X amount of money more than what he want to make as long as he's fighting in Vegas. You remember when Klitschko defended his title, somebody won a purse bid? It was some crazy number, like $24 million. Klitschko said, fuck it, I fight. I think it was in Russia somewhere. Uh, was it Pavekin? Yeah. Right, Pavekin, yeah. Was, so, so he went I mean, like, and they offered that much money? I believe you got one of these all nations that, are, that, that will offer for an astronomical-ass number to fight, believe it or not, Amir Khan, somewhere over in Dubai or something, that there's probably more money than Vegas can goddamn do it, and I don't believe for it to do it. No, nah, I don't think Dubai can offer Floyd, because only, we only hear about some of Floyd's money. We don't know what Floyd is getting from MGM. We don't know what Floyd is getting what from... Yeah, but guess what we don't know also? The way he gambles, we don't know how, how much he owed at MGM either. Exactly. <laughs> so if that's the case and he has some type of indentured servitude, he ain't going nowhere. Yeah, you, he's not going anywhere. He doesn't. He's not going anywhere. Everybody recognizes him as the boxing meal ticket, so they're going to acquiesce to whatever he says. Because they they know no matter what, win or lose, they're going to make the most money of their career, and it is prize fighting. So hey, before y'all get me off, I got to comment on one more fight. All right, one more fight, and that's the um, um, let me get this right. Uh, it's been reported that Kell Brook is about to fight Diego Chavez, right? Well, maybe. Yeah. Um, I, I've heard Chavez well, right. also That's might fight, uh, what's his name, um, Devin Alexander. Both of them have been reported to fight Diego Chavez. So I, I really Diego Chavez know. now? Yeah, I, I, I'm saying reports have been that Kell Brook will fight Chavez. Reports have been that um, Chavez will fight um, Devin Alexander in the uh, IBF eliminator. 
and the IBF maintains that that's what's going to happen. Ryan, because you know 10 times more boxing than I do, I got one question for you. What? It seemed like everybody nut hugs Diego Chavez when his name is mentioned. <laughs> my, my question to you is, I don't want to hear about the draw with Bradley, the tough fight with Thurman that he got knocked out in. My, I got one question for you. Who yeah. the hell have Diego Chavez beat? Outside, of Ar- <laughs> outside of Argentina, for everybody that keeps, ooh, ooh, he's fighting who has Diego Chavez beat that I'm just, just, just missing on? Outside of Argentina, has he won a fight? Has he won a fight? I don't think so. That's but what I'm talking about. If he has, it wasn't about. anybody special. How, how the hell yeah, you go from calling out Amir Khan to fighting somebody who ain't won a fight outside of Argentina? So at first, hey, I was going to kill. Beat Ismael. <laughs> Not the one on this show. Hell uh, no. <laughs> well, you can argue that maybe he got robbed against Rios. I wouldn't say that, but he, he won. He won a six rounder in Vegas back in 2010. That's before the tournament <laughs> fight, though, right? That's that's all we got yeah. for Diego Chavez. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. He's just a really ugly fighter. His style is very just. Uh, Look, he can he can box, he can punch, but he kind of doesn't really have the intangibles to, to make a champion. Like, if, when you need to kick it into higher gear, you know, when, when you know, when shit hits the fan, uh, he, he doesn't really have a switch that, that makes him, you know, compete at that higher level. It's just kind of, and you, you know, know. That's why I feel bad about Rashid Warren, because he's been to three Olympics, and he got knocked out the very first fight in every Olympics. Then he gets his first chance in a championship, which I believe he was robbed, but, uh, but a loss is a loss. I mean, so now he's going to have that stigma as being somebody like the Buffalo Bills. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it. You know what I'm saying? Because right. I know his mama, I know his uncle. You know what I'm saying? I feel bad yeah. for the young man that he got that he got took like that. But, you know, you ain't got no punching power. You ain't got that denominator, that, you know. Oh, well. But but what you were saying, um, Jadra, you was talking about um, earlier – Cause I got satellite t- uh, satellite radio in my car, and I was thinking for a minute before the PBC came to ESPN. Mm-hmm. I done had satellite in my car for like I would say about five years. Mm-hmm. ESPN radio, none of them channels never said shit about boxing. Exactly. And, 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 that, and, that, and I was Friday Night Fights has been on for how many years? Um, forever. And never have I heard any boxer being interviewed on ESPN radio. Exactly. Why? Why pay for another outlet when you have one right there in your? That's like me going down the street to buy a spoon, and I got a kitchen full of spoons. That's stupid. Well, I I tell you what, I I just, I just, you know, just like y'all had about the heard about the uh, Fox Sports One and the Portes with uh, uh, the PBC. They just throwing money out. I'm thinking about just making up a damn TV station and calling out. Look, it it won't be shit. (laughs) I make up a damn TV station. That's what I'm well, hey, that you could get the WBA to sanction a fight. We know that. You got your chips. Well, yeah, WBA you got, got that you. right. They'll give you a belt and everything. Hey, hey, but Ryan, all right. one more question. I'll get off. Ryan. Give it to us. Yeah. Um, you know, because I'm from Cincinnati, so, you know, I keep up with the Adrian Broner thing. Even though, like, of course, I won $100 off the Sean Porter fight, if y'all remember. But mm-hmm. um, do you think his next fight in October will be here? 
if it's against the TBA, because I know the Ruslan Palavodnikov rumor, that got to be out the window, because that's, that's the style that keep getting his ass whooped. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Palavodnikov might be softened up so that Broner could have a chance against him now. He's been in a lot of tough fights, and, I, you know, you can't really keep getting beat on that badly and, you know, still be the same fighter. So uh, I'm not sure if Broner couldn't handle the I don't think Broner can be providing the coffee on throwing enough punches. Right, right. But we will wait and see with that. All right, Dre K., thank you. Always a pleasure. We're going to um, yeah. take another caller. and. Oh, yeah, but, but you, you asked me if, if it was going to be at, at Cincinnati or not. Um, yeah, probably. I, yeah. Uh, look, if, if he says it's going to be a home fight, it'll probably be a home fight. But I, I don't know what he said. Yeah. And, well, he didn't uh, say home fight. Hey. He didn't oh, say, he home, say home fight. fight. Huh. No, he didn't. He just said. Uh, uh, okay, if he didn't say it, then no. Then it won't be there. Uh, uh, matter of fact, he probably won't even be the headline of the card. He'll probably be like a co-feature. Ain't that All, right. All, All right. right, Drake, hey, hang in there. And let us take this caller. I know who this is. Three four seven. You are on with the ruckus. Who am I listening to? Hey, what's good, everybody? It's your boy Mike Brooklyn. What's going on? Mike from Brooklyn. Mike oh himself. boy, Brooklyn. Let, let's hear from Brooklyn. No, I mean I agree with basically what everyone's been saying, especially with the PBC on ESPN. I mean, you don't see the fighters on first take. You don't see them on Michael Mike in the morning. I mean, shit. Um, Michelle Beadle, she's on Sports Nation. I mean, that would be a perfect advert. If she really is in the boxing that she claims, which we all know she's not, they can't be, they can't be on any of these platforms. They have so many right. platforms to, to get these fighters on and get some notoriety. But, I mean, they, they're not even taking advantage of that. So they could just they should come on the rock, to be honest with you. Uh, that's but, what um, I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Get on, get on Rutgers. I mean, then they're not going to capitalize it on a, they, you know, they call themselves the word like we don't, whatever. So right. Just come on, the, uh, capitalize. You get on the Rutgers. You know, you know, ask, you know, y'all going to ask the, the hard questions and again get to know these fighters and stuff like that. But I'm I, not like even greedy. We could do, we could do audio only. We could do a pre-recorded audio and they could just play it during the show. I'm not greedy. Holler at them, Mike. Tell them what's up. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, the face of the PBC, um, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be the winner of Keith Thurman and Errol Spence. I think that mm. that that is whoever when they ever fight. I think that's gonna be the the face of the PBC. As much as I like get Danny Garcia and I like him a lot, and everybody will knows I do. I just I just think that um. I'm not going to say he plateaued. I'm not, I'm not going to say because I've been reading a lot on the Twitter feed that he should change trainers, which he shouldn't do. I just I think he the I think with her in addition to the Herrera decision, I think him finding Rob Salka really that diminished him. It was a stay busy fighting on, on Showtime. I think that really hurt him because nobody expected Salka to win, and right. he just obliterated him, and that just. That that just hurt him, and I remember Ryan saying that fight never should even been on Showtime, if I'm not right, mistaken. Right. <clears throat> so uh-huh. I think, and and he's my boy, he's my boy too. I wish he would get a home game in Philadelphia, but in the same term, Bernard Hopkins, he never gets a um um a home game in Philadelphia neither. So I don't understand. You know, I, I, ironically, the last time Hopkins fought in Philadelphia, Danny Garcia was on the undercard. Look at that. Well, you know what? What was interesting, speaking of Danny Garcia fighting in Philadelphia, Breadman 
was um, J-Rock's trainer. We know Breadman's a pretty informed guy. He posted something on Facebook the other day right after the Garcia fight where he said something to the effect of, I see why Danny Garcia doesn't want to fight in Philly because every time he fights, people are criticizing him. So why should he want to fight in Philly? Ryan, do you think that's true? No, I don't think that's why. I, I think he does want to fight in Philly. He just, you know, I think we just don't have the the venues that, uh, you know, uh, that these promotional companies are accustomed to using. Like, the only thing you really have that can hold a lot of people that, that you know, has done boxing in, like, the last decade or two decades is the Leah Cora Center. And, you know, there is always some some problems, I guess, uh, with, with, with the uh, the equipment that they can use in there for, for some reason. I, mean, I, I would have to, to ask people, again, uh, to get the specifics, but um, it's, uh, it's difficult. And... Um, yeah, I mean, there's really no other choice. I mean, we, we we don't have nice places like the Barclays Center or, you know, Boardwalk Hall in Atlantic City, and even though they stopped using Atlantic City this year. So, um, Brian, let me, where did the so Brian let me ask you this. What about what about where the Sixers play? Isn't that the Wells Fargo's arena? Is that yeah, in, um, yeah, the Waco, yeah, that, that arena hasn't been used for boxing in several decades. I mean, I, I, I think... I'm not sure what the logistics about using that place are, but it's apparently too much trouble than it's worth. Like, I think we would have to have, like, a real superstar. Like, if we had, like, a, a guy that we thought was going to be the next boy Mayweather, then, yeah, he could probably uh, get that arena. But they, well, Ryan, you just <laughs> said that Danny Garcia is the face of the you know, franchise. Just because he, I think he's the face of, the just because I think he's the face of PBC, that, that doesn't mean I think he's that big of a star, okay? The face of the PBC, honestly, is not the, the, the biggest star in boxing. That's okay, well, where do you think he is in the pecking order of stars of boxing right now with Floyd being the top and Seth Mitchell being the bottom? Well, okay, let's see. You got Floyd, you got Pacquiao, you got uh, Klitschko, you got Cotto, Canelo, um, Triple G. Um, I don't know if Triple G is next. Honestly, Ward might still be above him. Really? Yeah. Paper. Um, but yeah, you know, we'll see after this uh, GGG Lemieux pay per view where he ranks. Because um, hmm. right, that, that's that's his first pay per view, guys. So he, he really, right. It's really hard right. to rate guys before they have their first pay per view. Like all, all the guys that I've rated, you know, are proven um, uh, financial attractions. So and there's really not that many of them in boxing. It's, uh, for fighters to be worth more than five million dollars. And while headlining his own card is extremely rare, just extremely rare. All right, go ahead, Mike. No, I mean, that's about it. Um, I just, I just, um, the fight that I'm kind of really hopeful. I mean, the Steve the Stevenson Carpenty fight. Um, oh my gosh, that's terrible. I just wish, and we all wish, you know, Stevenson and Kovalev would just get in the ring. Because um, I, I, I'm just for all that Kovalev has done, and all for 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 the, I'm still I'm be honest with you I, I'm still not over the monkey shirt I'm still not over that I, I just need I just need that particular I need that particular fight just to you know just to take place and I need Stevenson to really wash him but I know he's limited on skill and um I, that's just that's just my belief I'm just hope I'm hoping that fight takes place but I know. I know that the probably won't with the you know with the landscape of what main event um, main events and and um 
TBC. So, I mean, that, that, that's pretty much it. I mean, I enjoy Oh, well, let me ask you this. We talking Kovalev. Kovalev better be it. How does that fight turn out? Kovalev, I would say maybe eighth or ninth round knockout. Um, if it's a, if it's a rusher, that that is a pretty good scrap. Why not Kovalev? He he pretty much he could get a home game. Why not? Um, I would say eight nine round stoppage for Kovalev, and then hopefully after that he fights either Stevenson or he fights my boy, which y'all alluded to earlier. You know Andre Ward, because he he needs a he needs a big time fight. He needs a big time fight too. Hold yeah, up. So, um, you know uh, Russia is also better be his hometown too. I'm not sure Kovalev is, you know, a bigger star there. To be honest with you, that's why he needs to. That's why I'm a flip. I'm a, I'm a flip it. He just. That's why he needs to knock that even more. Because you know, sometimes with the home cooking, you know how you know how it goes. You right, you as Ryan and brother Ismail, y'all are very astute. You you already know how how those situations go. So hopefully, um, let's see what happens. Let's see if that fight finally gets done. And any is is um Cotto Canelo, I can't believe Arthur said that. Is that finalized yet? Yeah, it's it's done. It's, it's finalized. I think they haven't finalized the venue yet. Uh, speaking of which, yeah, that brings up a good question. Um so Mayweather Berto, um, September the twelfth, and Cotto Canelo, um, November twenty first. Mm-hmm. Which does more pay per view buys? Ooh. And then Triple G Lemieux is in October. What the heck the hell with that fight? We all know that's not going to do very well. Okay, but Cotto Canelo and, and Mayweather Berto, they're going to have good numbers. So mm-hmm. which has more? Cotto Canelo. Ooh, good question. Well, let's see. While I ponder it, let me pose it to Twitter. Ismael, what do you think? Let's see. Uh, what, Cotto's biggest, I think, was against Margarito in the rematch. That was like around 600000 his most recent uh, against uh, what's his name? The guy with the one leg, uh, Sergio Martinez. Um, that that was less than three hundred fifty thousand. I think it was just like a little bit more than three hundred thousand. And I think uh, Canelo Lara was like under three hundred thousand. So I couldn't. I honestly couldn't see them doing more than seven hundred thousand. Like that would be my high end estimate for that pay per view. So I'd say somewhere, yeah, I'd say somewhere between six hundred to seven hundred thousand for that pay per view. And Mayweather Berto, shit, could be right around the same place. Like I have to think it uh, could go either way. Who, who, who gets the more numbers? All right, Mike Money, we are going to get into some more topics. Thank you for calling in and keep rocking with us. All right. All right. Well, let's see. What shall we talk about now? Because uh, pretty much, oh, we can talk about, let's let's talk about Shane Mosley. Let's talk about this Shane Mosley Mayorga stuff that's going on. Nah, hold on. The, the PVC on balance card we have to talk about. Oh, well, that was actually we'll it, it was one of the best cards. I didn't watch it. Yeah, it was one of the best cards this year. Period. Like not really? just PVC cards, like all boxing cards. Yeah, they started out with this uh, mini junior middleweight tournament, 
where um, uh, one of uh, Julian Jackson's sons, I think it was John Jackson, he fought this uh, guy named what did he fight? He fought John Jackson fought Dennis Lorente. He won easily. Uh, he looked good. And then um, the second um, Jamie Lee fight was Jorge Cota and Udo Johnson, and that was a barn burner. Um, Udo, you know, started off strong. You know, was kind of beating the shit out of Cota, but um, Cota stood up to those punches. I mean, he was like a Mexican version of Carl Frotch. <laughs> you know, the guy just kept coming, and he was he was awkward. And eventually he started to catch Udo, and Udo, he got hurt. He got dropped. Uh, he started to fade. And then the last round, he was he was unconscious, literally unconscious on his feet for, like, the last 60 seconds of the fight. But he kept fighting. And, and when, when the fight finally ended, he was still swinging for the fences because he had no idea that the fight was over. He was unconscious. He didn't know what the hell was going on. He was just on pure instinct fighting. It was a gruesome fight. Um, uh, not technically sound at all, but, you know, well worth watching. It was it was the best fight of the weekend, I'd say by far. And then the main event was uh Juan Carlos Piano and defended his uh WBA title against Rashi Warren. Now when I went to the WBA website they said he was the undisputed WBA champion, which made no sense to me because he only his only other title is the IBO title and the WBA also has a regular champion in that division, that being Jamie McDonald. So I'm not sure how that works, but uh, WBA called him undisputed champion, and uh, he was up against it against Rashi Warren. Um, it was a uh, it was a sloppy ass fight, but you know it was a lot of skill on display. They call Pyong Baby Pacquiao, and, and you know he, he showed that aggression. You know he he definitely threw more punches. He, he forced the fight. Um, he lost one point, you know, for dirty tactics. And uh, he was knocked down, I think, in the last round. But uh, Warren, Warren lost two points. Cause he was, I wouldn't say he was dirtier, but at at the moment where he lost the two points, he he did something that was really bad. Like I think he he, he might have hit the guy when he was down. Like I think he like pushed him down and then he hit him. Is that what happened? I, I wrote it on Twitter. Let me check. When is the next PBC on bounce card? So exactly, what is PBC on bounce? You know, we were talking about oh, they, they do tournaments. They they said they're going to uh, always have this uh, tournament style where, you know, they 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 show this guy versus this guy, this guy versus this guy. You know, and then they pair the winners in like uh, the upcoming show. Mm. All right. Well, unless I stream, I probably under, I don't. What is what is bounce on? It's on regular t uh, like non cable. Yeah, I, I got bounce. But if you didn't have Bounce TV, they they streamed it live on their website, and the feed was really oh, good. Cool. Yeah. Oh, okay. And yeah, I, I was right. Warren threw Piano down and hit him on the canvas, and that was in round nine. That's why Warren lost two points. It uh, wasn't the difference in the fight, though, because I think the score totals were. Oh, not second. It, it was the difference. It would have been a draw, but he still wouldn't been champion because Piano. You know, he had the title, so with the draw, he retained his title. So Warren wouldn't have won the title, but he couldn't have had a draw without that uh, point. But it was warranted. I mean, you can't throw a guy down and hit him on canvas. <laughs> I mean, you just can't do that. That the lucky one disqualified. Well, you know. I, yeah, I like the fight, though. I mean, you know, um, uh, our caller earlier, uh, J.K., you know, he thought that um, Warren was robbed. I mean, a lot of, I'm going to say a lot. 
but it, it's an opinion of, of many. One was the slicker fighter. Um, you know, he his execution, like when he decided to throw punches, you know, was much better. It's just that uh, he didn't throw that many. I mean, some rounds he did, but uh, a lot of the times he, he went into Adrian Broner mode and just kind of, you know, stood there and uh, absorbed punishment. Now, the other guy was just, you know, working really hard. I mean, he was really marked up. Uh, the other guy, his face looked, looked like a mess, but that was mostly from headbutts. So, uh, I agree with the decision, but, you know, it, had, had it gone out of the way, it, uh, it wasn't a robbery out of the way to me. It was just one of those fights that was hard to score. All right. I unfortunately did not see the card, but I will got to see. What do you have, DirecTV? Is Bounce a DirecTV channel? No, no, I have Comcast, so it was, it was just on, you know, one of the channels that I have. Oh, okay. Um, I'm, I, I'm actually uploading it right now, so you'll oh, okay. get a link later. All right, that's what's up. Let's see, we have 18 minutes left in the show. Let's see. Upcoming fights? Let's do it. Ismael, are you still awake? Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, I forgot he was on the call. <laughs> I think he went to sleep. I think he went to sleep. I think Drake Hayden and, and, and Mike Money lulled him to sleep. But, okay, well, let's talk about upcoming fights. Coming up. Oh, and actually, and also this week is uh, Matisse versus Postal press conference and also Mayweather press conference here in L.A., so I'll be attending both, and make sure you look for updates, photos, sights, and sounds on badculture.net. So with that, into the weekend fight action coming up on August 6th on Fox Deportes. Abraham Lopez versus Jorge Diaz and Roy Tapia versus Juan Hernandez. Is that L.A. Fight Club? I think that's the L.A. Fight Club yeah. card. Yep. Black Coast Theater. That is it. All right, so that's what we got on uh, the 6th. On the 7th, on Showtime from Atlantic City, we have Sergei Dervianchenko versus Elvin Ayala. Elvin Ayala, that's super middleweight. That's that guy that Curtis Stevens knocked out and his whole family went storm in the ring, isn't it? If I remember. And also on the card, uh, I've been... Kirchhoff versus Nick Brinson. And then also uh, Thomas Cornflake Lamana is also on the card. Joey Dueco is on the card. All that going down from <clears throat> Atlantic City. Also on the 7th, on Telemundo, Alejandro Hernandez versus Humberto Morales. And Francisco Rojo versus Alejandro Palmero will be fighting from Mexico City. A whole bunch of fights on the card. So that's what's going to that'll be broadcast on Telemundo. Happening in Bangkok, Thailand. Punglong Thor Singyu versus Ryo Akaho for 12 rounds for the vacant WBO Bantamweight title. So Bantamweight title fight happening in Thailand this weekend. Oh, am I going too far? Oh, and then there's um, a fight on the 8th. Where are these fights? And then on a fight on the 8th from Indio on HBO Latino, Johan Perez versus Dimitri Mikhailenko is the headlining fight, and Joandra Salinas versus Manuel Avila in the co-feature. 
and happening in Tecate, Mexico, on BN Sports. Espanol, Felipe Oracuta versus Roberto Puchetta Amador, and Carlos Ocampo versus Johnny Navarrete. So that's what's going on. Ryan, of all those cards, because I know you know, what is the fight of the weekend? Hmm. This is not one of the better weekends in boxing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you were going to watch one card and one card only, what would it be? Hmm. For me, this is just me. If I could watch it, I don't even think I can. Uh, James Tony is coming out of retirement to, to fight again. Again, Last year. he he didn't he didn't retire. He just he hasn't fought since 2013, and people figured that he was done. But he's back. He's fighting Charles Ellis in Missouri. So you know Tony, you know that's my boy. Um, been watching him since you know I started watching boxing. You know I got to check in on that. But yeah, he's he's old and he's fat, and the fight's probably going to be terrible. <laughs> Uh, Maybe somebody can periscope it for you. The Showbox card is probably the best card. And the, uh, the HBO... The HBO Latino card only because he's got my boy Tevin Farmer on it. You know, he's from Philly. He's on a good winning streak. And um, I like the skills. I do not think a whole lot of his opponent. Like, I, I still... I need to see Tevin fight guys that he used to be losing to, like that level of opposition. Because even though I think he's so much better than he was back then, he's still not fighting guys that good. So it's it's really hard to tell if you know my eyes are playing tricks on me or not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's that's HBO Latino that uh, doubles on on the undercard of what Salinas and Manuel Avila. Um, I don't really care about that fight. Don't really care about that fight at all. But I guess um what uh Avia is um he's a uh, what Golden Boy prospect yeah. that this is a kind of a step up fight. If see if Salinas didn't get knocked out two fights ago and and a pretty big upset, like this would have been a a a very you know uh, looked at fight because he he had that draw with Scott Quigg which was legit I thought he. He, he did very well against Quick. You know, Quick is world champion now, and um, probably you know rated in the top three in his weight class. He, he's got a fight with Donaire coming up. Um, he might actually win that fight. To be honest with you, um, mm-hmm. it, it depends. It depends on how much Donaire has left. But it is what it is, and Avia should be expected to beat this guy. Um, I like Tino. I, I don't know how good he's going to be, but he. He's, he's definitely Golden Boy's best um, super bandwagon prospect. <laughs> I'm not sure they have enough. But no, they do have another Or is he uh, a featherweight? What's, what's um, uh, Joseph, Jojo Diaz? Jojo Diaz is a featherweight, I believe. Yeah, okay, so if he's a featherweight, then it doesn't matter. But I guess they, they could eventually meet. I mean, it's only one weight class apart. No, I'm sorry. Joseph Diaz is a super bandwagon. Oh, okay, so same way class. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. So that's, that's a fight to look forward to down the line. Mm-hmm. So, so, right. Oh, they're both 17-0, too. That's freaky. 
much it for the fights this week. End of the day, HBO Latino card on Saturday and the uh, Showbiz card on Friday. Mm-hmm. That's on Showtime, obviously. Really, nothing else to watch. Um, is there anything well, on there Sunday? There it is. Because there was something yeah. this past Sunday. The bounce TV card is rare. Payton's oh, starting to put fights on all days of the week now. Wow. I, I'm, not liking the sun, I, I'm not liking the Sunday cards, though, because shit. Um, <laughs> it's, to me, it's like uh, a really, really long weekend, and they last. And look, the Dallas TV card was good, but it lasted till well after midnight, okay? You know, people got work on Monday, you know? <laughs> and uh, a bunch of other shows come on Sunday night, and they got a DVR and shit like that. Ooh. But yeah, not, I not, just happened, happened to open up Yahoo while you were talking, and I'm reading. Uh, Kevin Ioli has posted his story about the impending Mayweather-Berto fight, and the headline is: "It's Floyd Mayweather's show, and he's going to do whatever he wants." He is really, really mad. I'm not, you know, I'm not mad at him for picking Andre Berto as his opponent. I mean, hell. I, I mean, what? That's what he wants. So, you know, people don't know that by the, now. They've been the, up. the plus side to Mayweather picking a, a an opponent that doesn't really belong is he generally gives you a better undercard. And this potentially is the best undercard of the year, depending on what the fourth fight ends up being. Right now we got rematch between uh, Rocky Martinez and Orlando Salido. The first fight, I'd say, best male fight this year so far. Um, then you got Badu Jack and George Gross. Um, that uh, that should be entertaining, I think. Um, and it should end in a knockout. Mm-hmm. So two, we have two good fights right there, two world championship fights. And then the fourth fight might be Jose Bajasa and Johnny Gonzalez. And Johnny, I think Johnny just got a fight over the weekend that he won, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't watch it yet. I think it was on television. Uh, yeah, yeah, he won against uh, this um, Japanese guy, like Kazuki Hashimoto, because uh, I was knocked him out in the second round. And he, he's, he's campaigning at uh, Super Featherweight now, which is, you know, same division as Petrosa. Uh, Petrosa has a world title. Um, if they can get a finalized, I know they were working on it, but they, you know, uh, by the time they made the announcement, it just it wasn't done yet, so they, they, they couldn't uh, put it out there. So with that, that talk is made. You got four um, televised fights, all world championship fights. Well, That's there you go. For you detractors who don't like the card, they're making it up to you with the undercard. So there it is. And I think that is about all I have. Anything else you'd like to discuss before we wrap it up for the evening? Um. Yeah, uh, Greg Call Promotions recently signed uh, Zab Judah and um, Ava Knight. Uh, Ava, uh, I'll try to get her on the show this evening, but I guess uh, she got held up at work. Um, we'll get her on some point. <laughs> um, I keep in touch with her on a decent basis, so that should eventually happen. And uh, the, see, the good thing about Greg Call Promotions is they had this TV deal with uh, CBS Sports and they are open to showing women's boxing. So mm. finally we get to see Ava Knight on U.S. television. You know, only took her 
I don't know how many years fighting world class opponents and winning uh, who knows how many world titles, maybe five. But uh, we get to see them on TV now. So, so this must be the year of boxers making moves. we got Ava Knight now with Gary Cohn with the potential to be on CBS. We've got Heather Hardy, who has been getting a little bit more traction over with uh, the DeBella cards. And we've got Sinisa Estrada, who is now signed to Roy Engelbert here on the West Coast. She has a fight coming up. So, hey, you know, a little traction for women's boxing, that's a great thing. A great, great thing. So with that, this is another installment of The Ruckus. Thank you so much, Ryan, for staying with me and staying awake. We are going to sign off for Ismail Salam, who has checked out of the building. We think he went night-night. Thanks to our callers, who are always animated, LRS, Dre K, Mike Money, all of you who are listening and retweeting the show. Make sure you visit BadCulture.net this week for updates from the Matisse Postal and Mayweather Berto press conferences, where I'll be covering them both. Um, you know, shout-out to all the contributors. Visit the site. Make a donation. Help us keep the lights on. It's always a great thing. So with that, this is The Ruckus, and we're out. This is your boy, Keith One Time Thurman. You're watching Bad Culture Radio.